Well, good morning and welcome to Around the House with Scott Brokamp. You know, I really love that line in there in that intro, and that is we'll talk about just about anything. And if you know me, you know that's probably the truest statement that there is around. My name is Scott Brokamp. I am one of the owners and founder of His Security and Technology, locally owned and operated right here in Knoxville. Um, man, it's going to be a beautiful day out there today, but hey, guess what, people? It's summer, so that means it's going to be hot. Just, you know, I hate to be doctor obvious, but uh, we have a real doctor in the house today, by the way, so I, I got to be careful with those. Um, make sure you stay hydrated. Make sure you get that sunscreen on. Make sure you take care of yourself out there today, but go out and enjoy. Have fun. I know that uh, school is, well, my kids started this past week and it's starting another, so go out there and enjoy that last big weekend before it's back to the regular grind of school. But if you're looking for some awesome things to do this weekend, in the words of a baseball Hall of Famer, Ernie Banks, let's play two. Your Tennessee Smokies got rained out on Thursday, and they're playing a doubleheader against the Chattanooga Lookouts today. First game starts at 5.30 at Smokies Stadium, and it is a fundraiser for the American Cancer Society. So come out, paint the pink park, paint the park pink, not the pink, okay, I'll just not talk today, and then stay for another game of free baseball with the Smokies. If you'd rather beat the heat, how about a movie in a cave? where it's always 59 degrees. Cherokee Caverns is screening Batman Returns several times today. The co- the cave is on Oak Ridge Highway near Pellissippi Parkway. Or you can take your kids to steam on stage at the Tennessee Theater. This free event starts at 11. This kid-friendly, self-guided tour of the theater is in partnership with the Muse Knoxville. And it's chock full of activities that teach science, technology, and engineering, as well as the history of Tennessee's official state theater. For more details about these and other events around town today, go to visitknoxville.com. That's visitknoxville.com. Well, I hope you uh, tuned in last weekend and while we were live on location for Camp Kiki, last big softball camp before school kicked off. Well, today on the Roundhouse, we're talking more about school. Uh, Loudoun County, Blount County students started earlier this past week. Knox County schools begin on Tuesday. If you're a parent, you'll want to pay attention, especially in this hour. My guest today is a pediatrician, and she is going to educate us on some health and behavioral topics that will help us parent better and help our kids do well in school. Joining me in the studio this morning is Dr. Stephanie Schultz, founder of Schultz Pediatrics, a Summit Medical Group provider. Good morning, Stephanie. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great this morning. Well, it's a beautiful morning out there, isn't it? Definitely. So, returning to school, you know, it's always a... Well, I don't know. It's it's just a weird time. Like my kids, they're very excited to go back to school, but that excitement, that energy, and then there's the nerves and all of those things. I mean, it it can be stressful for us parents, you know, uh, helping to prepare our kids, I guess, mentally. Uh, well, you got any great tips for that? I think that the biggest thing is they're going to feed off of you. And so if you feel positive and give them that feeling of confidence, then they're going to feel that as Mm. well. 
And so I think sometimes, you know, we get a little bit nervous about the schedule changing and everything kind of ramping up. And so I think just kind of passing that forward to your kids, this that calm and saying that it's going to all be okay and we'll get back into the schedule and maybe trying a few days before school starts to mm. get things back in, in the swing helps a lot too. Yeah, it's uh, it, I, I know we have a ritual that, the week before school, basically everything reverts back to school time practices at bedtime. Uh, you, you know, my kids enjoy not always sleeping in their bed, so they may sleep in the bonus room or whatever. And so we, we get them back in that routine, making sure that they're prepared as best that they can be for that first day that comes about. Um, you know, I, I know like my kids, I mean, they're excited. They're excited. Everybody's like, you know, I ask a lot of other kids. I'm like, you, you excited to go back to school? It's like, nah. And my kids are like, yeah, I'm ready to go. You know, so it's exciting. I think for like for us and in our family, it just it helps break through some of the craziness that we deal with in summer, you know, because we're back to the routine. And and that's kind of peaceful in a way. And uh, so I'm sure you probably have that conversation with a lot of your clients about having that routine and and that stability for these for our children as they get going back to school. Uh, I know how important it is in our house for sure. So what are what are some things that we should be mindful of with our kids as we get back in school? Because now we're, well, we're back in the Petri dish, right? Yes, uh, definitely more uh, illness uh, will start to pop up you know, during the summer. We don't see as many uh, illnesses and so once school comes back into session they're around their friends and definitely lots of uh, germs to to share um, and so just you know just good hand washing and uh, you know most kids are going to get six to eight uh, illnesses during the course of of the school year and so that you know that's just something to expect and definitely uh, getting to bed on time making sure that uh, they get plenty of rest that they get uh, the right amount of nutrition, and then watching for those um, times when maybe they, you know, do need some downtime just to mm -hmm. kind of get used to the schedule and knowing that you may need to um, take it easy a little bit the first few weeks. Yeah, I, I thank you for that reminder because, you know, I, we, we get in at my house. I'm like, you know, uh, okay, so what? You had school today. Come on, let's go. We still got chores to do, you know, and, and I'm grateful. I, my, my wife is amazing to help communicate to me and to our family a lot of times that, you know what? It's exhausting. School is exhausting. I mean, think about even as an adult, even now, if you have to go to a training seminar and you're, you're just brain thinking all day, that's all you're doing. You're just using your brain all day. Usually when you're done, you're exhausted. And that's the way our kids are. Our kids are exhausted. They go from, well, you know, Roblox to Minecrafts or whatever games that they're playing or sports that they're doing and activities that they're doing and, and being physically active, hopefully more so in the summertime. And, and then it's back to the think tank, right? It's back to just really working hard and uh i know we we joke when i have those days at work that they're just those mental taxing days i'm more tired then than if i'm out in the field pulling wires somewhere and physically you know really taxing my body so thank you for pointing that out 
that's that is hugely important. Um, when your kids get home this first week, just remember that. Remember that, you know what? This is this is a lot. It's a lot for them. They're they're being placed in usually rooms with yeah kids that they know, but there's going to be new kids, new faces, new personalities to adjust to it's always that learning environment how do we fit in in that space that we're at um and so it uh you know just like us our kids need a little break they need some decompression time as well so um so one of the things obviously when we talk about it is getting sicknesses and i know it's something we struggle with a lot in our house being a dad of a couple of beautiful little girls and that is okay, is it allergies? Is it a cold? When do I need to take them to the doctor? You know, what? help us out. Because I know the school system doesn't help us. They're like, you know, don't send your kid to school if they're sick. But then they're like, well, now they can only miss 10 days. And and, and it, it makes it messy. Yeah, for sure. Kids in school can tell you what's going on. So that's that's something that you need to do is listen to your kids. If something like an ear is hurting or their throat is really sore or they just tell you they just feel really, really bad, I think, you know, just pay attention to that. And don't you don't necessarily have to come to the doctor every time they get sick, uh, even if they have a fever. If, if you can treat the fever mm-hmm. and they feel better and they get over it within a couple of days, then... You know, if they're not complaining that their ear hurts or uh, it hurts to cough or uh, you, you find that they aren't drinking very well, you know, those are definitely reasons to uh, come into the doctor and make sure that it's not some sort of secondary bacterial infection. But your, you know, run-of-the-mill cold or stomach flu, that sort of thing, you can just treat symptomatically at home and hmm. uh, keep them comfortable. And if they get better within two to three days, then... Generally, you don't need a visit to the doctor, but certainly you could always call. I mean, we have parents who call all the time and ask, Mm -hmm. is this something we need to come in for? And the nurses will kind of give them this or that thing to try at home and then uh, come in if it doesn't get any better. Well, I I feel relieved. I feel like I'm doing a little better than maybe I would have thought originally. Uh, well, we are up to our first break. Listen, if you've got questions uh, for Dr. Schultz, give us a call. Give us a text. We'd love to hear from you this morning. 865-656-8255. That's 865-656-8255. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House with Scott Brokamp. I am speaking this morning with Dr. Stephanie Schultz of Schultz Pediatrics. And, well, you know what? I'm so glad that you're here with us this morning, Stephanie. Being a dad of a couple young girls, um, as I was sharing with you earlier before before we got started, that, you know, we, we just love our pediatrician. The girls, we just, she's been such a instrumental instrumental part really in the upbringing of our kids. And I mean, of course we see our pediatrician regularly. Uh, anytime we need anything, that's where we go, whether it's immunizations, whether it's sports, physicals, whatever, whatever ailment, whatever's going on with our kids, we always start with our pediatrician. And, um, so I, I'm just, 
I'm glad that you're here because I think there's a lot of things that maybe parents don't utilize their pediatricians for. Um, I, I'm sure you see a lot of different things in kids, but so what would you say to a parent listening who maybe it's a first child, maybe they're, you know, they have a pediatrician, but they don't, they just use them sparingly. What do you feel like being a pediatrician? Where do you feel like you really fit in that role of a family in, in the health of those children? Well, I think we can be instrumental in just the overall health of your kids. Uh, we certainly see kids yearly as they get into the school age just to make sure that they're um, able to um, learn appropriately, that they're growing appropriately, any immunizations that they may be due for. We kind of keep track of all those things as they come in, checking um, certain nutritional labs on occasion if there's trouble with, um, you know, developmental issues or health, mental health issues. We can certainly help with all those things. Oh, yeah. I think, um, you know, it, as I've done this for the length of time that I've done it, it's really nice to be a part of families' lives and watch those kids grow up and kind of help them through different things that may pop up uh, over time. And I think going to the doctor regularly makes it uh, easier for our job to, to catch things because you, if you only see a child uh, every two or three years, it's really hard to know um, how they're doing. And uh, so, you know, just those regular physicals I think are very important because sometimes you may not even think there's a problem uh, and mm -hmm. we may find one as we go through our, our physical and the different parts of that. So it's, I think it's just really important for that regular care. Yeah. I, I mean, it is in, in just the, the relationship of, like I said, with, with our pediatrician, you know, whenever really when anything's kind of been troubling our kids whether it's been physical whether it's been emotional you know we have gone to her for help and and because we have built that relationship with her when when the kids go in she's having conversations with the kids about things because she's able to derive hey how are they doing how how's their how are they doing mentally how are they doing emotionally um and and it just like you said you can't if you're only seeing a kid every couple of years or so you're not going to be able to pick up really on any of those types of, of um, cues that maybe there's something else going on here and there. So uh, I, again, I, I just, I know how instrumental our pediatrician is for our kids. Um, and it's, you know, mate, we just, she's made a made a part of our family. You know, we just, she just is. Um, and, and, and of course is very resourceful and in, in your staff as well as we were, talking and we'll get into a little bit here uh you have a nutritionist on staff yes we do i felt like a few years ago that we were getting lots of questions about diet and then we have lots of kids with food allergies or eating disorders things like that that i felt like we needed a little more help in the office and so we do have somebody mandy welch who comes in uh two days a week and helps us with those things and so it's, it's been a really big help because nutrition plays such a big part in our health that we didn't want that piece to not be taken care of. Mm. Yeah, that I mean, it's vital. So uh, and I, I kind of dive down some rabbit holes every once in a while. So 
in your professional opinion, you know, we hear of a lot more things now with um, gluten allergies and so many more food allergies now than, than I've ever heard of. Um, and we see more and more stuff that goes back to diet or restrictions of diet. Is there, do you see a reason for this? Is it just that we've been able to learn more and enjoy through science to help pinpoint some of these things that maybe kids have suffered with forever? Or is it the way things are being made? Or what's your, what is your opinion on some of that? Well, I think certainly we do look for that more and we do have better testing and we can check, um, you know, you know, skin testing, blood testing for certain allergens. And so I think, you know, before maybe a child who had a lot of trouble with mm. uh, certain things, eczema or stomach pain and that sort of thing, we may not have been able to test as as easily for that, uh, for those food allergies. And so I think that for one, definitely. Mm. Um, but we also, you know, are starting to introduce those allergen foods earlier. Uh, in life and realizing huh. that, you know, we need to expose the kids at an earlier age so that they don't develop those, um, you know, negative antibodies to those particular uh, things. And so I think that is seeming to help at this point. I feel like that uh, it kind of the pendulum has swung back the other way a little bit more th- as far as uh, food allergies go. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, you know, it's kind of like my business, the, the beauty of, of knowledge and research, the things that we can learn and, and better ourselves and, and our generations to come. So, um, so in nutrition, breakfast, right? Breakfast is, it, it can be sometimes difficult. It can be sometimes a challenge. We always want to make sure we make it a, a point that our kids have a good breakfast before they leave the house. But man, you know, they wake up, they're tired, they don't want to eat, or I don't like this today. And then the school offers, well, what they call breakfast, if you want to go early and whatnot. So do you have any good pointers for us? What's a good, balanced, easy way to start breakfast with our kids in the morning? Yeah, I think um, there's something that our nutritionist um, says about breakfast is there should be a a breakfast triad that you need to choose um, three food groups, grain, fruit, vegetables, meats, nuts and beans, and dairy. So uh, choose three of those. Make sure that you have a fiber and also uh, a source of protein. Uh, And so you can, you can certainly uh, have that ready to go, Uh, you know, freeze things ahead of time and make your own, you know, for the week and then kind of put it in its own little baggies and that way have the kids involved in that and mm. make sure that they have some some say so in it and give them give them choices don't just yeah. say okay you're going to eat this for sure right kind of thing yeah it uh but you know sometimes those choices it's the wrong yeah exactly <laughs> it's the worst oh <laughs> uh, well and, and we talk about it at my house right it, i mean a choice means hey do you want this or that exactly. it, it doesn't it's not hey what do you want uh that's the that's the last question i ever ate i hate asking my kids right is what would you like and then it's it, it doesn't matter there's nothing that's going to pacify at that point so um y- you know it and we like we do in our house, we try to prepare some of this stuff. We try to get the kids involved. Uh, hey, you know, so this week for snacks, it's at school. Last week you had X. Do you want this this week or do you want something else? And try to help them be a part of, well, quite frankly, the 
I mean, it's their life. It's what they're they're dealing with at school. So we're trying to help them through those decisions as well. Um, pack lunch or school lunch? Um, I think it, it depends on the child. You know, I know my kids never wanted to eat lunch at school, so we always packed lunch. And I think um, if you do pack the lunch, you do have a, a little bit more control over mm-hmm. um, what's going uh, into their bodies. But I think they, they need some autonomy with that, too. I think they're, again, like you're saying, you don't give them, you know, free reign on the choices, but certainly, you know, having this choice or that choice and just making sure that you get that balanced uh, diet. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, I think you could probably mix it up a little bit and let them pick. Yeah. You know, we went through, uh, obviously through COVID, we went through that time that, and we had, uh, my kids go to Loudoun County. And so there was, I think a whole year that essentially there was, you, nobody paid for school lunch. So anybody that wanted a school lunch could get a school lunch. And, and we were really amazed that, it was maybe one day a week that our kids chose to have school lunch versus a pack lunch. Um, you know, I, I will just tell you, my wife and I were excited. We thought we were going to get out of making lunches for a year, but it didn't work that way. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so uh, when we talk about nutrition with kids, uh, again, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a little older, I'm, I'm in my fifties and, um, you know, a, a lot of the kind of the thought process when I was a kid was that, you know, well, they're kids just, you know, basically, as long as you're getting food to them, they're going to make it all right. And and I know that even our in our household, we look at things a lot differently now. We look at things of, of getting our kids good food, um, making sure that, you know, their macros are, are in balance so that we're not overloading them with a carb or with, a, you know, in sugars or proteins, et cetera. I know we can, my household, I, I use me as an example because, you know, everything can go awry in my house. We can sometimes get crazy with that, uh, making sure that we have these balanced nutritional meals planned for our kids. Obviously, it's important to have those balance, like you said, pick from that, those, that triad. But at the end of the day, what's an easy way just to make sure that I'm I'm getting my kids what they need? Yeah, and I think with kids, another thing you have to think about, too, is um, you have to look at the whole week versus one day mm-hmm. um, because they're going to eat great one day and then maybe not eat so great the next day. And that's normal for kids. For children, mm-hmm. so I think mm-hmm. just kind of taking a bigger picture, yeah. uh, snapshot of of how they're eating, because you know you may, you know, go to Chick Fil A one day and and they didn't eat a great breakfast all in the same day, and and that's okay, right? And then you make up for it the next day, and so I think it's just the balance throughout the week, and maybe that way it takes a little stress off everybody because you're going to have some days where it's just not going to work. That's right. And well, and truly it's no different than as, as an adult, Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of try to be mindful of our health and, you know, and same thing, right. It's not, I'm not going to be perfect every day. And so, um, thank you. That's, I, I, that's for my personal, uh, satisfaction, by the way, (laughs) I wanted to feel better about that. Uh, we are up to a short break time here. So if you have questions for Dr. Stephanie Schultz or myself, feel free to give us a call. Shoot us a text 865-656-8200. 
888-382-8255. We will be right back here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp on Newstalk 98.7 WOKI. Well, welcome back here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp. Uh, my guest this morning, Dr. Stephanie Schultz. She is a pediatrician, Schultz Pediatrics. And, well, it's just a delight. It's a delight to be able to be reassured as a parent that I do a few things right. Because, uh, you know, let's face it, most parents nowadays, we all think we do it wrong all the time. Uh, well, so your babies are getting ready to go back to school. And I hope you're prepared. If you're a Knox County parent, well, you got started. You're getting started this coming week. Uh, some parents like me, Loudon and Blunt, we have already prepared and are in the swing of school. Um, so let's talk about routines, Dr. Schultz. What are some good healthy habits, some good healthy routines for, well, just kind of getting going in general, mornings, days, evenings? Yeah, I think the more kids like things to be consistent, they, they want to know what's going to happen. So I think talking that through, kind of putting out the schedule um, with the whole family, um, you can do you know day by day and then maybe on the weekends even look at the week ahead. Uh, they, they want structure. Mm-hmm. And so if you have the more structure, especially with school starting back, you know, bedtimes have kind of gotten a little slack. So you kind of have to get back into that routine of, you know, bath story, bedtime sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then maybe if you have a child who um, has a lot of, you know, trouble with decisions, maybe going ahead and making those decisions about what they're going to wear the next day, maybe the night before. And that way your morning will go a little bit easier. Um, but certainly they like to know what's going to happen and, uh, be assured that it's going to be that way uh, every day. You know, I just got to tell you, other than the first day of school, I, it seems like every time we pick outfits out the night before, by the time they wake up the next day, that is not what they want to wear. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it just seems to always happen that way. Um, so I want to talk about sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have always at my house, we've been proponents of our kids going to bed early. And, of course, well, we go to bed early, so uh, I wake up early, so I like to go to bed early. And we have always tried to be uh, big proponents for our kids going to bed early, even during the summertime. We still, They still have a bedtime. Our kids just don't get free reign. Um, but we're in a position now. My oldest daughter, as she plays softball, her softball practice starts at 8 p.m., and, and I'm just going to tell you, as a parent, I hate that. It's horrible because, it's to me, it's too late. I mean, she's 13, but still, it you know, for at our house, it's normally, for her in particular, 9 o'clock, it's, it's wind-down time. It's you're getting ready for bed, you're crawling in bed, and you can have a little bit of relaxation time, but it's time to go sleep. And so we're I'm battling this whole softball thing, and I hear other parents talking about their kids that they're up till 9 and 10 o'clock at night, and I'm like, what is the matter with you? Um, because, you know, sleep is so vitally important, not just, I mean, to us as adults, but think about for our children, they're, they need longer times in terms of sleep at at those instrumental ages 
um, then I think really most people are aware. Yeah. What give us give us your your professional input? Sure. Well, um, as far as the number of hours of sleep, uh, preschool uh, three to five year olds need you know ten to thirteen hours, and that's including naps. Uh, pre uh, school age kids that's six to thirteen. Uh, need about nine to twelve, and and there's always a range there because some kids need more sleep than mm-hmm. others. So, uh, if your child's getting nine hours of sleep, but then they're tired all the time, which we get <clears throat> families come into the office quite frequently saying their kids are tired, and so that is one of the things that we talk about first is, you know, what do you do before bed? Your core body temperature has to cool down to normal before you can go to sleep. Mm. And so when you have practice until 9 o'clock at night and you come home, your core body temperature takes an hour or so to, to come back down. And so, you know, your child may have to take a cool shower to kind of bring that temperature down so they can actually go to sleep. Uh, so, um, yeah, those late practices definitely can impact um, their ability to fall asleep for sure. Mm-hmm. And they do need more sleep and adults need more sleep than they get mm-hmm. we just don't like to admit it so. I, i'm i'm I, you know i i will i'll have to disagree with that my wife and i will tell you we will we'll take all the sleep that we can get we just don't get it <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> we don't have the opportunity between the kids and in life and business and, and all that goes on um so i, I i'm gonna ask and uh you know we we've heard there's been a lot of conversation about melatonin mm-hmm. um i'm 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 torn as as a just in in my core who i am i don't i don't like taking anything any additional medication if i don't need to take anything um but we we hear more and more about how melatonin is a great aid to help your kids to be able to relax and get a good sleep and yet not have any ill effects yeah i mean i think the biggest thing for sleep is the habit i i, I agree with you i think uh, uh you know relying on medications to help with that and granted melatonin is not like a true medication but it's it's the natural hormone that our body makes to help us initiate sleep mm-hmm. melatonin is not going to keep you asleep all night uh, it will just help with sleep initiation and we do see in uh, adolescence uh, some trouble with sleep initiation, uh, mm. and and that's a normal time in life for that to be a problem. And so I do think there's a place for it uh, to help with that, to help re- establish routines. But should it be something that you go to just automatically, I, I definitely think that the routines of sleep and going to bed the same time every night, even mm. on the weekend, getting up the same time every morning, having the same routine before you go to bed, that initiates your natural melatonin to be produced in your body because it's the way it's supposed to be Mm. yeah absolutely well and i mean quite frankly everything that we have been talking about this whole entire hour about having good habits with your pediatrician making sure that your kids are eating right making sure that the uh the structure is there you know all these itty bitty little things that we may be thinking are small they all affect our sleep patterns they all affect you know i mean how again as an adult how many times have we all said you know i tried to lay down and go to bed last night and my head just wouldn't turn off well our kids are dealing with that and they're dealing with a heck of a lot more than we are because they're learning they're they're learning how to navigate life we have already 
for the most part, hopefully most of us have learned how to kind of navigate through this. So the experiences they deal with on a regular basis, our children, they deal with new experiences every single day. And, and we talk a lot about that at my house about, Hey, we understand these are, you know, you're learning and we were trying to help you learn and, and being able to understand that, that so many factors go into our, our sleeping habits and, and just being aware of that. So, um, you know, I'll just tell you, I wouldn't mind sleeping in a little bit this morning. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, well, we are going to take a short break here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp. If you have questions, give us a call. Shoot us a text, 865-656-8255. We'll be back right here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. I'm just going to tell you, if you need help sleeping at night, this tune just put it on repeat and it will just soothe you and make you all comfort calm cool collected i've always loved this jingle i just gotta tell you all right so welcome back here on around the house with scott brokamp and uh we are speaking with dr stephanie schultz of Schultz Pediatrics, and uh, man, I hope you've really been listening this morning because Dr. Schultz has really helped provide us some good information and some insight with just helping our kids be healthy, getting back to school, and maybe maybe last year was a tough year, and maybe you need to look at doing things different this year, so hopefully you've picked up some tidbits today that will help you to do that. Um, we're going to wrap up our last segment with Dr. Schultz and we're going to talk about, uh, well, I guess we'll just say it, it can, it can be a difficult subject, but the behavioral health of our children, um, you know, I'm a dad of two girls. And if you're listening, if you've got girls and you've got daughters, you know, that, um, well, sometimes it can be very difficult, uh, especially in those tween teen years, but let's just talk about the basics what if what if your kid just doesn't want to go to school well i think uh you definitely want to listen um to that i think sometimes we just want our kids to do we just want to say hey deal with it go on but i think school refusal it, there's usually something behind that so i think you need to to try to um understand where your child's coming from um, and validate their feelings um you want to make sure that um, they still go to school. Uh, I think hmm. that's very important that you don't, you know, linger and, um, you know, kind of make things last too long. I think, you know, you need to set up definitely uh, good boundaries and uh, let them know that you're, you're there and you're going to be there when they get home and, uh, you know, let them know what's going what's gonna to happen throughout the day. Um, so we hear a lot about bullying nowadays um you know i mean it's something that's obviously has always gone on but i i think through obviously through science through research and through just basic time we've understand there's there's a lot of negative influences that come from that really on both sides so uh what if your what if your kid comes to you and says that they're being bullied what what should we do what's our what's our best course of action well i think you need to definitely um you know talk it through with your child it's definitely a a serious issue and um you know that we have social media and lots more opportunities for kids Mm. to uh to bully um you know 
kind of in a way that maybe they don't have to do it out in the open. So I think uh, you definitely don't need to brush it off. I think uh, you need to um, make sure that you um, talk it through, that you recognize it, and then report it, and then refuse to accept that this is going to continue to happen. Yeah, that can be... I, I'm yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dive into that. But it can be. It can be difficult dealing with the school mm-hmm. uh, in these situations. I mean, very difficult. Um, so how does how does a family help with a child to be able to transition with their teachers in in grade levels, especially when they're dealing with some behavioral issues? Well, I think um, if you have uh, children who have lots of anxiety, uh, if they're acting out, um, certainly you know, going to your pediatrician for help. We actually have a, a therapist in, in our office, um, uh, and she helps us a lot with, with kids who have certain anxieties. Mm. I mean, they may just need to talk with somebody a few mm. times to try to figure out good ways of dealing with it, right. um, you know, mindfulness and uh, trying to learn ways of calming your body and understanding what your body is feeling. Uh, and then they also feed off of how we're feeling, so, mm. you know, making sure that we aren't feeling anxious as well and trying to understand our feelings will help us to, to keep them calm as well. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, the, the best and worst things about being a parent is that your kids do what you do. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, that's yeah. Uh, We could, I could probably do three shows on that one of (laughs) what not to do. Uh, so in, in your opinion, at what point do is it recommended that you need to see a therapist or do some type of continuing care for your child in these situations? I think if it, if it's interfering more than what you feel comfortable with, um, Mm. definitely, you know, as a parent, there are certain parent things that we feel like that Mm, we can do, you know, try this, this, and this. And if you're getting to that point and you feel like, you're not seeing any change in your child, or you see that they're continuing to withdraw, continuing to not being, you know, want to be around friends, not um, being um, present with the family, that sort of thing. Definitely, I, I think um, therapy can be very positive and helpful. Plus, we can help to um, change the way the brain thinks about things if we deal with issues earlier in life and so you can create pathways that are more positive versus dealing with issues in a negative way yeah absolutely that that retraining uh well dr schultz thank you so much for your expertise and your time this morning hey if you're looking for a pediatrician dr schultz and their team would be happy to consult with you you can find them at schultzpediatrics.com that's schultz s-h-u-l-t-s pediatrics.com or you can reach out to them by phone at 865-670-1560 so uh, as we have customarily done here on around the house we have today's topic of the day so doctor this one should suit you well today is national twins day um it is listed at approximately three percent of all births in america are twins so any any commonalities, any problems, any things you see in births of twins, and and how how popular do you see twins? Well, we we actually have quite a few families with twins in our practice, and um, I think the the biggest thing that we see is that 
um, you know, certainly we have to uh, think about two kids going through those things at the same time. And so sometimes the parents are a bit overwhelmed. And I think just uh, offering support for them. Uh, and usually, you know, if one child uh, gets sick, the other one is probably going to get it. And then you have, you know, two two sick kids at one time, mm. which sometimes can can be really hard on parents as well. So, But we enjoy taking care of them. Yeah, it, they can definitely... Uh, I know we, uh, one of my coaches, and uh, they have they have a set of twins, and they're so cute. It's so funny just to see them interact and and work together. It's it's kind of cool. Uh, so, well, let's talk about some popular twins. Did you know that Ashton Kutcher was a twin? His twin brother Michael was born with uh, cerebral palsy, and is now a keynote speaker and an advocate for cerebral palsy community. There have been several twins who have played sports at UT. Probably a couple that you know from recent times is Ben and Zach Joyce. Um, Both of them now play for the Angels, both pretty good pitchers. Elliot and Evan Berry, who both played football, um, they are brothers of Eric Berry. Reggie and uh, Raleigh McKenzie. Alana and Gabby Leach. Huh, that's interesting. Um, they are softball commitments to University of Tennessee Lady Vols softball. Uh, if you're a twin or your parents are a twin, happy Twins Day to you. That got a weird ring to it. Huh? Happy Twins Day. So, um, you, you know, there's a lot of unique things it's, that happen, and, and we like to make a, a national day for just about everything that occurs. But uh, quite frankly, if you really put that in perspective, if 3% of all births in the United States are twins, I'm just going to say that puts you in a pretty daggum unique category. Um, So enjoy that. Embrace that. Uh, You know, you always hear stories about twins where they feel they have these connections to each other. uh, And you know what? Reach out to the twins that you know. Why don't you just tell them Happy Twins Day and and ask them. Ask them about some of the experiences that they have had of, of being twins. Uh, I know a, a few twins that I grew up with. And, well, frankly, they had uh, used their likeness to play tricks on others. Uh, we have all heard crazy stories about things like that as well. But, uh, you know just because you're twins it doesn't mean that you actually have to look alike you don't even have to be the same sex as your twin so the just the scientific delicacy in twins is quite unique i think and quite amazing so just know this you're you're all amazing everybody listening this morning is amazing but if you're a twin it's a day for you to know that you're especially amazing so thank you Uh, We are going to take a short break. Thank you again to Dr. Schultz. Again, that's SchultzPediatrics.com. You can find them online. We are going to be right back here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Well, good morning and welcome to the second hour here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp. Uh, You know, our first hour we were... Well, learning how to better take care of our kids and get them ready and prepared to go back to school. And, uh, you know, I, I just I think Dr. Stephanie Schultz from Schultz Pediatrics 
just uh, a lot of good information, just a lot of basic stuff that I think sometimes we can just really overlook with our kids. So uh, I am Scott Brokamp. I am a co-owner and founder of His Security and Technology. And, uh, well, there's a lot going on this weekend, <clears throat> as there usually is here in beautiful East Tennessee. But uh, uh, as Ernie Banks once said, let's play two. Your Tennessee Smokies got rained out on Thursday, so they're playing a doubleheader against the Chattanooga Lookouts today. First game starts at 5.30 at Smokies Stadium, and it is a fundraiser event for breast cancer for the American Cancer Society. So come out and paint the park pink and then stay for another game absolutely free because, well, they got rained out, so... Let's play, too. If you'd rather beat the heat, how about a movie in a cave where it's always 59 degrees? Cherokee Caverns is screening Batman Returns several times today. The cave is on Oak Ridge Highway near Pellissippi Parkway. Or you can take your kids to Steam on Stage at the Tennessee Theater. This free event starts at 11 o'clock. This kid-friendly, self-guided tour of the theater is in partnership with Muse Knoxville. And it's chock full of activities that teach science, technology, and engineering, as well as the history of Tennessee's official state theater. For more details or other events that are going on around town, go to visitknoxville.com. That's www.visitknoxville.com. So, uh, back to school. Here we go. Maybe STEM is something important. I've got some people in here that might have a few things to, well, give you some some opportunities, some workforce development, some areas to consider. They work in an area that I'm very familiar with, and that is the trades. So, while we're talking about back to school, let's talk about adult education, especially the trades. I have three guests in here with me today from the Tennessee College of Applied Technology here in Knoxville, and they're here to share how to get job ready and where to find financial aid if you need it. We have instructors Becky Russell and Austin Rush and financial aid counselor Lucas Gray from TCAT Knoxville. Welcome, guys, to Around the House. Thanks for having us. Don't everybody speak at once. (laughs) I just always wanted to say that. Um, You know... It's always important to think about, well, education and and what are you going to do? You know, I mean, I I had that conversation when I was a kid. I was a a misfit in school and, you know, I didn't care about my grades. I didn't even care really about going to school. And it came a point in time in my uh, probably my junior year of high school that I thought, huh, what am I going to do with my life? Everybody always asks me, what am I going to do with my life? I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, And I went to a trade school, not this kind of trade school, but uh, it was uh, to learn how to be a travel agent because, you know, I was going to just go do cool things my whole life. But, you know, I'm sure that there are people listening who are involved in the trades who maybe – Maybe you're getting out of high school. Maybe you got a kid that's getting out of high school and they don't know what they're going to do. You know, if this is your senior year and you don't have plans for when you get out of high school, it's a great opportunity to, well, come and meet with some of the folks down at TCAT and they can, they can help get you plugged in for a future. 
that's one of the things that, you know, I really appreciate, appreciate about what you guys do is because, well, quite frankly, man, our trades are struggling. Y'all need to add some more classes and some more trades. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> so, uh, what, uh, Becky, I guess I'll start with you. What what are some of the programs that you guys offer here at TCAT in Knoxville? So TCAT Knoxville offers full uh, 18 full-time programs. Um, the ones that we're going to kind of talk about today are the welding, plumbing and pipe fitting, industrial electricity, uh, HVAC, uh, and some of the allied health programs like practical nursing, surgical technology, and dental assisting. And again, we have um, several more than that. So what what is your highest enrollment rate which which one of these trades or or studies has your highest enrollment rate you know we have uh, really high enroll enrollment rates across the board and because of that we've had to uh, open new campuses and we're kind of spreading out all over the place we're just running out of room so we really are not struggling for enrollment but we want to be able to serve the public mm -hmm. as well as possible um I mean, we've got waiting lists on some programs, and we're getting those folks in as quickly as possible, opening programs as needed. Wow. Well, and I, I know this is not really on our topic list here, but one of the things that I know and that I have heard a lot about the programs that you guys offer is placement rates. Um, do, do you know what that data is by chance? Oh, my goodness. Our placement rates are um, off the charts. We're doing phenomenal across the board um i'd like for austin to tell you what the placement rate is in welding because we actually looked that up just to get the most up-to-date data um and he found out in the parking lot this morning <laughs> so the job placement and the completion rate for the welding program is 97 percent. that's pretty awesome so basically the only time the kids don't get a job in welding is when they've done it for a year and they come to me and they say that they don't want to weld but mm -hmm. they're asking for them all the time yeah, it. Uh, I, I really. I wanted. To, I wanted to send my my business partner over there to take a class in welding, but we do some gate work here and there, and you know. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that, that's a whole other conversation. We could laugh about that for hours. Uh, I luckily had have done some welding, but um, and it was a long time ago. But I, I will tell you, I, I carried a pretty good bead with that old arc welder. Uh, you know, I bet they don't. You probably don't do a lot of stick work anymore, do you? Oh, no, that's our main oh, focus yeah? is stick. Yeah, we start them off on 6010 and 7018. Wow, there you go. Well, see, maybe this old dog still could lick a bead in there. You never know. Uh, all right, well, we are up to our first break. Um, hopefully, you, you can kind of tell I've got a room full of folks in here, and we're going to have a little bit of fun this hour. So if you've got questions about continuing education, TCAT, uh, welding, Whatever it is, hey, feel free to give us a call. Shoot us a text, 865-656-8255. We'd love to hear from you and help answering those questions you have. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. I am Scott Brokamp. And, uh, man, I got a house full in here this morning. We've got some folks from TCAT Knoxville. If you don't know what TCAT is, it's Tennessee College of Applied Technology. If you need a job, you need a trade, you need a new skill, you need to check these folks out. Go to tcatknoxville.edu 
get yourself signed up, learn you a new skill, learn you a new trade. Look, I'm just going to tell you, I mean, trades are trades are paying a lot of money right now because, well, quite frankly, there's not enough not enough people doing it. Um, I can definitely tell you that in my world. Um, I've, I've, in fact, I've worked with you guys with your industrial uh, electrical program, work with some folks over there, and, um, you know, there's definitely a lot of needs. So, Austin Rush, you are the welding technology instructor. Yes, you, sir. You just look too young to be an instructor. I'm just going to tell you. I get that a lot. You're, you're a young dude. Uh, I appreciate that, though, right? Yes, because, uh, uh, so, tell me. I mean, obviously, you are a young dude. So, how how has being involved in welding and in the trades how has that really just impacted your life? Uh, whenever I was going to graduate, kind of the same way you did, I didn't know what I was going to do or what I really wanted to to do. And one of my high school teachers took me on a field trip, and uh, we went and visited some of the local industries, and I realized how much money they made and how good of a trade it actually was. And um, so I went to TCAT. After that, I'm a TCAT alum. I went and got a job at Cherokee Mill Rights, and they sent me through their apprenticeship. So they paid because they need everybody. So I pipe fitting, welding, mill right, and then a nighttime instructor came up, a job opening came up, and where I was an alum, they asked me to if I would like it, and I applied for it, and here I am now. And look at there. I, I mean, it, I'm just going to tell you, your, your story is – I mean, it is so similar across the board when you start talking to folks in trades. Most of us ended up where we're at by accident, you know? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of by default. Um, anyway, so, well, let's talk about some things. Um, uh, I, I mean, how how do you see – we hear commercial all the time about welding and welders. And, and, I mean, welding is an essential component to most everything that's built that has anything to do with – any form of metals. Um, so what what do you see as far as your enro- enrollment for your welding program? It's growing every single year. We, uh, we've we recently taken over at Byington Sawway, and uh, we got full classes there also. We had to hire a whole new instructor to teach another class there, and it's booming. We got a waiting list for just about every class, I, I believe. Um Day and night at main campus, I know we see 50 kids a day, and there's still a waiting list for it. Wow. So according to jobsfortn.gov, there are currently 0.66 individuals available for each and every welding position advertised. So, you know, and I mean, let's face it, I, I don't care what industry you're in. That that's a very common number. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everybody has their own ideas and opinions and everything else. And I I tell people, you take your political agenda and, and throw it out the window. It's called math. Okay, we've got more jobs than we got people. Yeah. It just is. Um, and and so I know that there has been a huge decline in trades work for years. I mean, you know, send your kid to college, get a degree, get a degree. Well. People think that the only way they're going to make $80,000 a year is to go and have some type of degree. And it just is not true. Um, you know, the average median wage for a welder currently, what is that? Twenty-one fifty, And that's just 
bottom, not bottom of the line, but median of the line, you can go over to uh, the 102, the local 102, local 5, things like that, and uh, they're paying mid-30s to 40s, and uh, per diem's usually 100 to $150 a day. Hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, of course, those are, some of the downsides of your trade, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of times, especially like a welder, you're you're going to be traveling. You'll be a road warrior. Mm-hmm. Um, you you can make a lot of money being a road warrior. I will tell you. Uh, I spent a lot of years on the road, and per diem was my friend. I loved it. Uh, but you know, um, when you really start looking, even locally, there are a lot of jobs available locally, and I think a lot of people don't realize that. I think a lot of people don't realize that just in trades in general, how how bad we're struggling in our own local markets. Um, you know, we hear about it everywhere else, but I'm telling you, our construction trades um, and, and just on down the line. Um, so the, uh, the TCAT Knoxville Welding Program is, uh, currently certified by East Tennessee Local Workforce Development Board as a program with a bright outlook for employment. So, I mean, obviously your placement rate is huge on that. What? Tell us a little bit more about that. Why is that so important to not just you, but the program in general and to the students? It attracts the kids. It gives them a reason to come to us instead of going to the uh, apprenticeship program. If they come and take our class, most of the time, when they get out, if they want to go to the union or non-union, they take the will test and they're already a leg above everybody in just a year's time. Because a lot of places count them welding in our class as experience. So mm-hmm. they come out with a year, year and a half experience. And it helps. And You talk about the decline in age. Um, there's usually, whenever I was working, I was the youngest one by 10 to 15 years. Mm-hmm. So they're looking for young talent everywhere we got companies just walking up and just asking who can take a well test today tomorrow there's a big gap open for it well and there is you know and again that that shift of of all so uh i'm imagining that you probably work with a lot of local companies Mm -hmm. who uh come to you and and want to scout your talent right yes sir uh it's got to help with placement for sure yes but also i'm sure it helps a lot too when they have people who may be interested in what they do i'm sure they're they're saying hey go over here take this program Mm -hmm. and uh you know that'll help you out so do you see for kids that go through your program when they enter into the workforce do you see them enter in with a higher wage than what you know, that regular averages? Yes, by the skills and trades they pick up while they're there. One of the big things that I've noticed that helps us get a leg above is we teach them how to read blueprints. Hmm. And that's no one, you know, everything's on your phone now. You don't really ever have to read to learn anything. But a blueprint theory is a big deal to us, and that usually helps them. That could decide by 17 to $21 an hour just because it's such a scarce thing Hmm. out there. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's like what we do. You got to be able to read a blueprint. Got you know, you. I mean, it's just it's just that simple. Uh, we still have to have a lot of paper because looking at that blueprint on your phone or tablet is nah, never mind. That's, well, this now nah, give me give me a piece of paper. It, it'll make it a lot easier to work with. So if if uh, to our listeners right now, maybe they've got a a young son, a young daughter who just says, "Man, I don't know what I'm going to do." 
I'm not going to do. Why, why would they want to come see you and talk to you about welding? Uh, it's, it's the future. Like you said before, everyone's pushing their kids to go to college. And, uh, and like Lucas will talk about later on, it's, it's free. You graduate debt free with a job. Uh, we usually try to co-op them before they even graduate. So they're, they're working, making money before they're even finished up. It's a year program, only a year out of your life to, you can go join the unions or any of that and you can retire in 20 years. Hmm. The work's there. You just got to find it. Wow. So basically a year program, part of that year is co-op. You're working as a part of your school. Um, and, and Lucas is going to tell you how to keep those expenses down. So when you graduate, you're, you're not in debt. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so you're going to sacrifice a year to learn a trade that is quite frankly going to take care of you and your family for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about anybody else listening, but I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but that sounds pretty much like a no brainer. It just does. You know, um, I, obviously there's something about welding that you like there. You obviously have to have a passion for it. Mm-hmm. So somebody who has no idea about welding, no idea what it is, what it does, why, what would you say to them to, to get them to look at welding? What, what are the, what are a couple of key points that are your passions about welding? One of my biggest passions is whenever I first went out in the field was building something from absolutely nothing. As you know, you read a blueprint and there's just a piece of land. You get to put up the beams, you get to put the buildings together you get to you know depending on if it's store what it is you can walk walk in there and say hey i welded up this i welded up that it's creating something from absolutely nothing it's just a sense of pride and accomplishment for it yeah it it uh it there is a lot to be said when you can say that you've created something i uh, i went to high school well we went to different high schools but he was a good friend of mine when i was in high school and uh, I haven't really kept up with him. And, and somebody through Facebook said, hey, you ought to check his check out his Facebook page. And he was, I mean, he, he, he had a craft. They laid, his family was a, had a carpet company. And he worked in the family business. And But for a hobby, he did welding sculptures. And, I mean, just absolutely phenomenal mm-hmm. i mean i'm like i you know there's no i never seen I, I didn't see that in this guy you know what i mean like there's just no way it's crazy but just to to see that and that's just it right mm-hmm. when when you do a project when you're welding when you're building when you're in a trade that's what that is one of the most fulfilling things is that you can come in and you can know that you've got even like a plumber you can take a bucket of parts and pieces and by the time you're done you'll have a working system uh you know building a structure building a place of uh of need and and being able to have have the satisfaction of that completion is um i'm just gonna tell you it's it's one of the things that i know that i've always liked about being in some tour some type of trade um for myself so uh thank you so much for uh, sharing with us Austin about your experience and uh, congratulations to you man because you, obviously the program works and, and it is your living proof of that so thank you for being here to share with us your experience uh, we are going to take a short break and when we come back we're going to be talking with um, Becky Russell and uh, we're going to learn about some other programs and we're going to figure out how we can get you all plugged in over here at 
TCAT Knoxville. Stay tuned right here on Around the House News Talk 987 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. I am Scott Brokamp, and I, I've got a I got a room full in here. So you uh, you had the opportunity to listen to Austin Rush. He is a welding technology instructor at Tennessee College of Applied Technology here in Knoxville. Um, and uh, my other guest, we have Miss Buck uh, Becky Russell, who is the coordinator of community engagement. That's a mouthful. I, I'm, and we're just going to dedicate the rest of the show to you and your title. Uh, <laughs> I think you can handle that. We also have Lucas Gray, who is a financial aid counselor. So, if you were listening in the first segment, um, one of the things that you learned from Austin is that, well, like the welding program, you you can work with with becky and and lucas in particular and they can find ways to get you in and out of this program to where you're not wheeling in debt when you're done you can come out debt free and really have a footprint for a future and in a career um and a lot of different opportunities and a lot of different careers as well so uh becky how are you this morning i'm great I just got to ask you, I mean, this just this title all in itself, I mean, coordinator of community engagement. I mean, if you want to talk about an umbrella statement that says you wear a lot of hats, I don't know what else there is. I do indeed wear a lot of hats, um, but community engagement is what I'm doing this morning. I'm engaging with the community. So that's community. Um, that's the students that will come to us. It's their parents. It is, uh, you know, workforce development. It's the community. Yeah, and and you you do an amazing job with that. Um, I mean, there is whether it's yourself or other representatives from TCAT. I I know personally in the last at least five years that most most of the times when I'm at an event or there is an event going on, there is representation somewhere from TCAT. And just trying to build relationships with businesses out there to be a source for your students to get plugged in. Um, so, and, and which is really cool, right? Because it's not like it's not like you guys are out there saying, "Hey, send your kids here to our school." You're saying, "Hey, Mr. Business Owner, I got some kids that you need to hire," and I'm just going to tell you that is just an amazing thing all in itself. So, kudos to you. Thank you. We appreciate that. Um, so, of course, we joked about this. I like to laugh about just about everything, especially myself. Uh, so, Maker USA. I have no idea what it is, no clue, and apparently it's it's something pretty cool. It is really awesome. So, I get the question all the time, like, what in the world is a makerspace? So, um, I think in order to understand a makerspace, we first have to understand, like, what is a maker? Um, it is you, it is myself, it's um, most of the people in your listening audience. Um, a maker is anybody who makes anything. So people make things for fun, they uh, do hobbies. Uh, it could be out of necessity in a pinch. It could be uh, making something as part of your profession. So now that you know that you're, you are a maker, so what is a maker space? It's going to be this place that's going to have um, tools and supplies uh, we have lots of technology. It inspires and facilitates the making process. So um, 
the tools that are involved, it could be anything from metalworking. So there will be welders there or uh, machining tools. Hard, uh, it could be woodworking, anything from that to even like sewing machines. So if you want to make something, we want to help you make that. Um, these maker spaces are so important to the community because they in, introduce children and adults to STEM and STEAM education, um, as well as career and technical education. So sometimes, you know, if you've got this kid that you're hoping and dreaming that they're going to have a four-year university uh, graduation and at some point in their future, um, it's okay if they just love to work with their hands. Mm. So allow those kids to explore that. Come with them. Watch them explore. Watch their faces light up as they're making. And then help. let us help them figure out, like, how can I take this making and turn it into a career? So that's what our goal is. Um, a lot of times this is going to lead to entrepreneurship. Hmm. So these these maker spaces, so are they like open spaces? People, they do they call you and, and how, how do they get into one of these maker spaces? So we are at such our infancy stage. Uh, we don't have a technical space right now. This is their concept, and this is what we're moving toward. Right now, we are uh, gathering information because we're not sure what that makerspace is going to look like. Mm. We need to talk to K-12 partners. We need to talk to business and industry and say, what is it that you want this space to look like? Is it going to be a brick and mortar, someplace that you can come to, or is it going to be a mobile unit that we're going to bring to you? So we've got to figure those things out. Again, we have just partnered with Maker USA. Uh, it's a joint venture. Um, we're just trying to bring more maker-centered learning um, to this region, and Knoxville is known as a maker city, so that's a new thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, really, I mean, if you think about it, right? I mean, right down the road, we we've got you know Oak Ridge. Right. I mean, the technology corridor, as as I heard Mister Mister Glenn Jacobs refer to Pellissippi Parkway is you know technology corridor. We have some amazing things. We have a lot of amazing makers. So many entrepreneurs here locally in our area. Um, so, so you you just you need to have you need to have a space that. So the concept I'm just gonna I'm gonna kind of spit this out how I see it in my head. We need to have a space that has stations for kids and and younger adults or even adults to be able to come in to touch see and feel have um professional professionals um be able to kind of give you a, a show like how do i weld a bead right how do i wire up an electrical motor how do i do some of these things and and give them the opportunity to put that see touch and feel into that trade and, and well i you know Kind of like a plant, right? You got to plant the seed, and then you got to water it. So maybe they just maybe they don't know that they enjoy that, right? Because they may not have had the opportunity. That is absolutely correct, and I couldn't have worded that better. It that's amazing, and that's amazing. And you know, it while yes, we want to inspire those K twelve kids. Um, this is for adults. I mean, there are adults out there that don't know what they want to be when they grow mm -hmm. up. Quite frankly, right? So let's help you figure out. You know, you can work that nine to five and uh, hate your job or you can love what you do and you know make it your playground rather right. than such a such a hard thing to do yeah see the, the problem i got about you know not knowing what i want to do when i grow up is i've just come bound in term i'm just never going to grow up so <laughs> i don't have to make that decision well and that's okay too um so uh, you 
we've got a, a thing here about uh, some trade winners, electric vehicles, VR equipment. What are you guys doing in those worlds? What, what are you working on there? So in addition to that, um, TCAT Knoxville is participating in a annual pitch for the skilled trades. Um, we've done it for the last two years. It's with the National Association for Community College Entrepreneurship. Um, these pitches are compelling pitches that are backed by statistical research. Um, and we have to present it in an entertaining way. So what we come up with is a pitch that's going to help our school and our students um, gain some usually equipment or something like that. So a couple of years ago, we uh, pitched. We had skilled trades hero, and we dressed up uh, like rock stars and went out on stage and performed. And um, we won $41,000 to purchase virtual reality equipment for the school. Wow. Um, so the following year, and that was last year, uh, we went out and did kind of a Frankenstein theme about electric vehicles. Uh, we needed an electric vehicle for the school, so our automotive technology program could, uh, you know, figure out how these electrical vehicles work. And then also something that I learned during the process of trying to figure this out was um, that, you know, collision repair, they've got to know how to disengage this electric mm -hmm. vehicle before somebody gets shocked yeah. in the in the event that there's an accident. So um, we pitched for it. We had a Frankenstein theme. We went out, you know, we had Frankenstein's monster out there. Um, we did this pitch uh, and won $50,000 to purchase that electric vehicle. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Well, so look, we, we participate in the Farragut 4th of July parade every year. So how about y'all just get together and make us some cool float? How's that? Uh, <laughs> Sounds awesome. Uh, that's a joke in our office because we talk about making a float every year and we, you know, we never do. <laughs> uh, so, well, and, and as a business owner, you know, and, and I've, I've mentioned to you guys too, while you're sitting here, we have, I have worked with um, some folks at your uh, industrial electrical program. Um, and one of the things that, you know, I talked to, to Alvin about over there is that, you know, these guys, even though it's industrial electrical, all of these high tech machines are running on data networks, right? So you guys need to know how to do data. They need to know how to do some of these things. And I'm sure, you know, that's one of the, the, one of the things that I've heard about why trades are dwindled so much is because there's been so much crossover between trades. We get it in my, in my footprint all the time is the electrician says, I hate doing low voltage. I don't want to do low voltage wire. And so call a low voltage company, you know, even though it's wire, it's different. And, and so I, I think that's kind of a hard part, right? Is, is I think that's been a part of our decline of, of, the willingness to be a part of trades is because you, you do have to learn so much, but you get a lot of guys in the trades. They like that, right? They want to, I want to know, I want to know how to do this and do that. There's so many different bits and pieces. Even when you obviously look at welding, you know, now you, you go to a car manufacturer facility. Well, the welds are done with a robot. That's run by a computer. Well, guess what? You still need a welder. To be able to look at the weld and make sure the weld's right, but now he's also got to know some of these other auxiliary bits and pieces. Um, and so, you know, if you're a business owner listening today, if you have a trades business, look, reach out to the folks at TCAT. Uh, they want to know, and that's one of the things that I love about you guys. You want to hear from business owners. You want to know what is it that you can do to help us. 
better prepare your students to entering into the workforce? What are the things that you can do to help teach them better entering into the workforce? And, uh, and of course, those are obviously conversations that I've been able to have with your industrial electrical um, course instructors. And just knowing that, and I, I reached out to my manufacturers, and I'm like, hey, listen, I got this trade school. They need some equipment. And I mean, next thing you know, I, I, I had a few thousand dollars worth of equipment show up at my door that, you know, I donated to the school because they need to know. They need to be able to learn and see these other things. So, um, Lucas, I'm sorry, man. I just, you know, I just, I kill it. we're going to, Lucas is going to tell us all about how he can make this process easy for you to enroll financially, how to make this um, as burden-free as possible. Absolutely. And uh, he's going to he's gonna take us through some of the amazing tools that are available to you. So if you're listening today and you're like, you know, that sounds cool. I need to check that out, but I, I, I don't know how I can afford it. I'm not sure how I can do it. Just know that they're here. The folks at TCAT, Lucas is going to give you some answers when we uh, get back from this break about how you can get enrolled and how he can help you get through this program and come out without a lot of debt and just have, quite frankly, a bright future ahead of you. If you've got questions for the folks from TCAT or for myself, feel free to give us a call. Shoot us a text, 865-656-8255. That's 865 865- Six five six eight two five five. We'll be right back here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk ninety eight seven WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House with Scott Brokamp. Man, what uh, what a lovely gift we have this morning uh the folks from Tennessee College of Applied Technology, better known as TCAT Knoxville. Lucas Gray is our financial aid counselor. He's going to tell us how you can get enrolled and how he can, well, hopefully try to get you in and out of the program without being in debt. Uh, Austin Rush this morning, our welding instructor, and Becky Russell, coordinator of community engagement and wearer of many hats. So we talked a lot about what, well, quite frankly, what the program, what you guys have to offer, what's looking to come. And uh, so, Lucas... You, you've you've got a lot of numbers. I guess you're the financial guy. That makes sense, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Um, I'm not going to bore you and read all these numbers, but basically, Tennessee College of Applied Technology, we're a, a Tennessee Board of Regents institution. We're an accredited institution. Because we're accredited, we're able to participate in um, federal Title IV financial aid programs and state financial aid programs. Hmm. So um, one thing we do not participate in is we do not participate in any student loan programs. So you are not a student attending TCAT Knoxville is not able to get a federal student loan to come to school with us. Hmm. Um, In the state of Tennessee, there is, fortunately, the state of Tennessee has been blessed to be able to offer a lot of state financial aid opportunities that are not based on income. So if you are, um, just for instance, Tennessee Reconnect, if you are someone who is over the age of 24, you've never attended a TCAP before, it doesn't matter what your income level is, what your background is, if you fill out a FAFSA, you will get Tennessee Reconnect and the Wilder Navy Technical Skills Grant, and that will pay your tuition and fees for your entire program. 
Wow. Um, no, it won't pay books and supplies or tools, anything like that, but it would pay that tuition and fee cost, which is going to come out to about $1,400, $1,500 a term. So let me get this right. Over the age of 24, mm-hmm. and if you've never gone to TCAT, the state of Tennessee basically is going to cover all your tuition for you to go. As long as you have been a Tennessee resident for at least a year. A year. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know they can get any simpler. And just kind of looking at it cost-wise, if you take our welding program, for example, without any financial aid, the grand total cost of that program, tools, everything, is about $7,500. Wow. Okay, so... You've got help for tuition, Mm -hmm. so obviously there's a lot of other expenses that go into it. What else you got? So we work a lot with the local American Job Centers. Um, That is actually my background. That's where I came from. I was a case manager there, and what they have are federally funded programs that are workforce development programs to work with um, people who are pursuing higher education, pursuing a trade, And sometimes they have grant money available that can help with the tools, supplies. And so we typically try to connect. You know, if I get a new student that's coming in, something I do is try to connect them with that resource um, just to kind of help support them if there's, you know, a book or a tool they need or something that is not covered by their financial aid. um, They are able to sometimes help with that. That's, uh, I mean, and that's, that's huge, right? I mean, and that's a part, again, kind of as I mentioned in the last segment, some things that, that, that we have reached out also and, and offered uh, to help with. Because that, I mean, I went to I went to a junior college. My first career was auto mechanic. Mm-hmm. So uh, similar to, you know, what you guys offer, except back in that day, I didn't have a, a trade option. I had to get an associate's degree in applied science and and major in automotive technology. And that was, you know, that was the route that was available to me. And I'm just going to tell you, in order me for to be able to afford that, I was such a degenerate growing up. My father offered to pay for my tuition after I completed each semester with passing grades. See, I told you I was a degenerate. Um, and so, but even uh, outside of that, books and, and everything else, tools. I mean, I had to buy and supply tools. There were so many things I had to do. And, and there just, there really wasn't resources available at that point in time for me that I qualified for or that was working well that I could get into. And and really, I, I don't, I didn't have a Lucas there to be able to help guide me to maybe where I could go to find some help when I needed it. But I honestly, I worked three jobs while I went to college because I just, there was no other way that I was able to cover it and keep my bills paid. I still had rent to pay, food to buy, and all that stuff. So um, every little bit is so vital to getting people acclimated and getting them through the program. So thank you for that. Absolutely. And our programs, we're TCAT is a little bit different than maybe a community college or university because our programs are set up for contact hours. Mm-hmm. So our students attend, our daytime students attend 8 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. Monday through Friday, just like a job. Our evening students attend 3.30 to 10 p.m. Monday through Friday. Um, so we really, you know, our education for again our accreditation and our ability to participate in financial aid programs is we have to have those contact hours for students to be with instructors to be getting that hands-on education um 
but anybody who is interested or thinks they might be interested, feel free. Um, I work in the student services department at TCAT Knoxville. It is me and about six or seven other people that are any of us would be happy to answer your questions. Feel free to stop by for a visit, schedule a tour. So I I just want to know, Mr. Mr. Numbers over here. <laughs> uh, so the um the reconnect program mm -hmm. how many how many of your students are f qualify in that so out of your percentage of enrollment what were how many of those are folks that are running through using utilizing that reconnect program oh i stumped him you did <laughs> i don't have an exact number on that because what i'm gonna get technical here for a second the way that it works is so reconnect is a last dollar scholarship so anybody who's getting reconnect is anybody who is not eligible for any income-based financial aid like the federal pell grant or seog or anything like that so the percentage of people getting reconnect is mm -hmm, estimated i would probably say around i think last year we had about 250 of our roughly 700 students who received tennessee reconnect okay that's a big number i mean that's a big number well and i just i ask because you know it, it's such a valuable program that can can benefit and affect so many people's lives uh and i've known you know people who've talked about that with the the options that are available through the reconnect program some of the education programs that are available through the state of tennessee to be able to take advantage of those and i mean let's face it uh, 24, 25, 26, th those are the time, hey, maybe I wanted to do this. And that didn't work out. Mm -hmm. It's a great restart mm -hmm. to build yourself an amazing career. Um, and, and well, again, solidify future. I'm just going to tell you, trades, tradesmen these days, it's not, it's not unre unrealistic for a tradesman to make eighty to $100,000 a year. It's just not. So if you're listening and you think, ah, rah, 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 listen, that's where the money's at. Um, well, thank you guys so much again for joining us this morning. If you've missed part of today's show and you want to listen again, there is a link of the replays on my website. Just go to hissecurity.com and click on the ATH radio tab. I want to thank again my guests this morning from TCAT as well as Dr. Stephanie Schultz from Schultz Pediatrics. Next weekend, we're talking high school football and one of my favorite sports, bowling. Round the House is produced by News Talk 98.7 with guest coordination services from B Media Savvy. Have a great Saturday, and I hope you enjoy some quality time around around the house today.